Good morning and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and PurpleBTSC.com and Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Mark, it's a sad week in uh, Purple Nation. Uh, the passing of Bud Grant on Saturday is kind of a not, I guess, not terribly unexpected at 95 years old, but uh, he was he was in active and great shape for a 95 year old. So I think it's still surprised everybody. You kind of think he'd go on forever, but uh, legendary icon uh, for this team. Put him on the map. Put him on winning ways. Uh, great career in more than one sport, and uh, just became a uh, synonymous with Minnesota and football and. And kind of living in this in this area, so, so it's a sad day. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's funny, good or not, not funny, but talking to players, you know, they, unfortunately this has happened a lot, you know, in recent years. You know, former Vikings that get to a certain age, and that, but this was the the crown of, of it all. With you know the, the feeling of disbelief when you're calling the Paul Krauses and Jim Marshalls and uh, mm. Bobby Bryant and uh, Dave Osborne. Um, sort of like, you know, his one of his best friends, Sid Hartman, uh, 100 years old. It's hard to be surprised when a 100-year-old and a 95-year-old pass. But right, right. They just had this larger-than-life, especially Bud, obviously, larger-than-life uh, thing about them that uh, it's still it's a disbelief. And, uh, you know, just hearing, you know, like Paul Krause saying I'm at a loss for words, which, you know, if you ever talk to Paul Krause, he's Paul's <laughs> never at a loss for words. Yeah. Uh, and Bobby Bryant was kind of at the end when we were talking, talking to him. He said, he goes, uh, you know, hopefully we get to see him again uh, up in heaven. And he goes, and this time we win the Super Bowl. <laughs> kind of a, you know, uh, and to Bud's credit, he never, he never looked back over all those years looking back at the Super Bowl. Uh, but, uh, you know, always praise today's game. And uh, there is one Bud story that's been one of my favorite, my, my favorite over the years was just, uh, uh, Dave Osborne and when Mick Tingleoff went in the Hall of Fame, Mick was not uh, well. Um, he, he was in the, having uh, Alzheimer's and everything. But we met at a McDonald's in Lakeville, and Dave Osborne was kind of walking Mick through some memories and helping him remember. Well, Bud, as you know, was an avid outdoorsman. Mick was as well, and some of the other players were. Well, they decided Mick and another teammate decided that they were going hunting in Nebraska, and Bud was driving his truck, and they said you know, cause Bud was a man of few words. And they said, we are not going to say one word until Bud says something first. Dave goes and, and Mick is in the corner and it's, it's coming back to him. Uh, you know, as, as that, as he's telling the story uh, and he said, you know, they, you know, they made it through Minnesota. They made it all the way until almost to the end of Iowa and, but they had to get gas. So nobody had said a word the entire time, but, pulls up to the gas station, gets out and says, it was full when we left. And that's the only words he said. And that was <laughs> saying, here's a guy, a leader, that all it took was a, a couple words to know that they were paying for the gas. And that. so it was, uh, that, that's kind of how Bud, Bud was a no-nonce. I loved talking to Bud on the phone and talking to him in person. He was just fantastic. I, I, I enjoyed that story in your piece. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of interesting listening to you now to hear these guys, uh, to be struck by, you know, stunned by this at age 95. I mean, I heard also on KFAN, uh, Barrero was talking about calling Fran Tarkin or something. And 
and Tarkin couldn't talk. He says, I can't talk about this. You know, I, I, I can't come on the air to talk about because he's just too broken up. And it's like, you know, 95 is a good gal dang number. And, and Bud Grant sucked the marrow out of life. He, he never got cheated. I don't think he, 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 you know, did, did what he wanted to do, did it on his own terms from the early times of being drafted by both the Minneapolis Lakers where he won a championship and the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles didn't give him a good enough contract. to decide, no, I, I don't think I'll play. I'll go play basketball. It's just like, you know, the whole way through it, it's uh it's, it was remarkable to watch him, uh, how he navigated life as this coach, as a celebrity, you know, he, he, he always said, there's a quote from him, you know, about the four Super Bowl losses. And it says, if, if you're defining your, your life by uh, uh, wins and losses, you got a tough road ahead. I think the Tribune had that quote on uh, something they put together uh, the other day. And I, that's like, you know, got to think about that. He, he, he didn't win. He lost those four Super Bowls. And people have talked about him forever about that. But that, I don't think it bothered him. No, no. And then uh... – yeah, you know, and, and Bud also was the first guy. You know, he he could make more money playing town ball than he could town yeah. ball baseball. That combined with what they got from the Lakers uh, is why he didn't he didn't go. He was a first round draft pick of of uh, the Eagles and didn't go because you know at different times. Mm-hmm. And then he went and played uh, played. You know, he's 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 like uh, the first guy to ever play out his contract and leave him go to Canada. Uh, he's also like for Dion. He played he, he played. Uh, he was a uh, uh, let him in sacks uh, his first year, and then the second year he became uh, on the offensive side, uh, and I think it was like uh, second in the league in receptions or receiving yards or something like that. Amazing. And then it got to where he wanted he wanted a raise, and he asked they were he wanted a thousand dollar raise, and they offered a five hundred dollar raise. Canada offered him a ten, a three thousand dollar raise, so he goes to Canada for ten thousand dollars. Changes the course of his his of his his life, uh, becomes a head. Uh, coach there, I think in his twenties, twenty nine or something. Yeah. Uh, and then he comes here and has a Hall of Fame career and retires to to go shoot everything that's a uh, that's a living that's not human, I believe, <laughs> all over the world and uh, and retires at the same age when Mike Zimmer is just getting his like, you know, Mike Zimmer was fifty eight when he became the Vikings head coach, but Grant had retired after eighteen years uh, at that age. So yeah, Bud packed it all in and uh, and had a you know. Had a, yeah, rich, full life. You know, it, uh, like you said, Dion. He was he was the Bo Jackson before Bo Jackson. He's the yeah, only, Bo. Yeah, that's yeah, a better, better guy example, yeah. to ever play in these two sports and a professional level. I mean, uh, Dion and yeah. Bo Jackson did football and baseball, but here's Bud in the NBA and uh, and uh, uh, NFL. I, uh, you know, I have a couple Bud stories. One of them relates to that. It, it, ironically, I never talked to him for football because he was gone by the time I started covering him and I, I interviewed him for uh, about basketball I, I wrote George Mikan's biography for Minneapolis Lakers and they were they uh, uh, I was uh, called him and talked to him and it, it, it was great I, I, I love talking to people at least in sports when about something other than football you know because they're they're happy to talk about that because they don't get that all the time and right and he, he was great to talk to talking about those days and and they put up a we put up a statue for George Mikan down at the Target Center, and I was on the committee to help do that. And I got invited to the celebration to 
uh, after that, my wife and I had a dinner when they, when they installed the thing and they had all the old Lakers there. And I was at the table with Bud Grant and, and some of the other players. And I think he was a little bit uh, put off what this, this journalist was doing, <laughs> this media guy is I, I said a couple things and he, he, you know, tried to make him laugh and he smiled, but I got the story, the icy glare from Bud, like, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just settle down there, <laughs> media guy, yeah. let these old guys talk. But uh, yeah, um, but Bud was no, there was no BS about Bud. I, I remember calling him. I won't say who it was, but somebody had passed and was calling for a reaction. And Bud, and Bud uh, there's a pause, and Bud goes, "I never did like that sob." <laughs> so, so you knew where you stood with Bud. And 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 whenever they're trying, the Vikings were trying so hard uh, to get Jim Marshall in the Hall of Fame, and that was that was Bud's favorite player was Jim Marshall, him and Mick, um, and. As, as they were, they, they were asking me, well, what could we do? What, you know, what, what taking really, I, I don't know what you can do in that situation, but, but I did say you have the ultimate no BS guy in, in entry, maybe in Bud Grant. I said, Bud, have Bud make calls, have Bud, you know, interact more. And he did, he, he interacted more with the, the senior committee, which I'm not a member of. Uh, didn't, it didn't work. It hasn't worked that, you know, Jim's not in the hall of fame, mm -hmm. but, you know, that was their guy. And I remember when I went out and was talking to Bud about this, and, right? It was right before one of his garage sales. So Bud had just gotten done for like the 45th year in a row going through his basement, getting not crap by any mean uh, stuff to sit, put in his, his garage sale. And he hands me this, this uh, watch, Great Lakes Naval Academy watch that he got. Uh, mind you, this is Bud Grant playing for Paul Brown. Yeah. And this is the watch that he got being a part of that in, in in the chicago area and i said i i said i hope this is not going in the garage so i said oh no i'll keep that one i mean it's it's a priceless item it like this is bud grant's watch from paul brown right yeah you know, holy mackerel it's like there's no price to put on that I, I don't know what that would be worth um so yeah that's the kind of things that you're sitting there you're just like wow and 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 bud is always so kind of yeah, that's, a, that's an old watch I had, you know. It's like like be like <laughs> me handing you a watch of like a Timex that I bought, you right. know, like when I was twenty or something. And you're just looking at it like, wow, you know. So, yeah, very understated. He he was, as we've all said it, he was the face. He's he is the face of football in, in Minnesota and the yeah. upper north upper. And I, you know, I'm not a big talk about statues. I'm not a big statues or retired numbers guy, but you know, I, there should be a statue of Bud Grant. I don't know if, if, if a statue of Bud Grant outside a dome stadium would look right, but uh, hmm. you know, you know, something like there, there should be something of Bud somewhere. I mean, that's we got I, Mary Tyler Moore for God's sake. We got to have Bud Grant. That's true. Somewhere. You know that that's not a, that's not a bad idea. Probably something that will get going. Of course, people like Sid are gone. That would champion something like that. You know, I mean, it, it, it took a lot of work to get the, the Mike and thing after all these years. But yes, there should definitely be something of. A butt yeah. maybe down at TCO or something, you know. It just if there's one at Sid, I mean, there's one at Sid in town exactly. for God's sake. It's, it's kind of we got to get Bud Grant up here. Yeah, he, he he was, you know, growing up, you know, watching him as, as a kid. I mean, he was just like this solid rock, you know, just an anchor. He was always there, unflappable. You know, I heard someone say the other day, you know, talking about something else. You get you get lulled into the idea that. Well, he's, they were talking about, you know, Bud coaching back then versus free agency now where, you know, we're going to talk about later where 
people are moving all over the place. But you, during in the seventies, we we got to just you just figured all these guys were always coming back. You know, free agency wasn't as big. You know, your team was going to be there year after year, and you almost took it for granted. You know, um, uh, that that the Vikings were going to be in the mix, and and they were. It was nice, and so it's it's really difficult for old farts like me to nowadays, you know, see him go up and down and faces change. But, but anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah. I, I said one more thing about that is that, uh, you know, Bud obviously is the best, the quote about Bud with you know, the best ability is durability to this day. Uh, how uh, All these years, 40, 40 years after he's re- retired, uh, you know, 45, 50 years after some of these guys have played the top three or uh, top seven players in NFL history of, consecutive games played set top seven three of them played for bud grant so that's uh yeah it's pretty pretty amazing stuff when you talk about uh there's some luck involved but you know bud be the first one to win yeah you got to be lucky you know but there was also a a level of toughness that he brought to the game that uh, we'll never see again never never you know growing up in mankato and and going to training camp each each summer uh I was never an autograph seeker and never, never even considered just would go up and just wanted to watch and practice. And I had a, my next door neighbor was up there and he, he, he's running around trying to get autographs and he hands me a piece of paper. He goes, look, there's Alan page over there in getting into his car in a parking lot, go over and get his. And I kind of looked at him. Okay. So I ran over there to Alan page and, and, he was trying to get out of there after practice, you know, so he was a little perturbed that I stopped him. I'm the only guy anywhere near him. And he signs Al Peg on it, P-A-G. There's no, no E at the end of it and gets in his car and speeds off. So you can tell he was kind of ticked off. And I go back over to where these guys are all in the big group of thing. And he, and he says to me, oh, did you get him? I go, yeah. He goes, here, give it to me. I said, no way. I said, I'm hanging on to this after what I went through. So then I got in a few more and I got in a group and here comes Bud Grant. And he's just surrounded by all these uh, kids, you know, looking for. And I, I sat back and I looked at his face and I, God, he's really not enjoying this. You know, this is not his deal. And I just kind of, you know, I, was, I wasn't far away. I could have got one because he was coming on. And I just, I just kind of pulled out of there and, Never in my life have I collected another one from that day. I thought, God, these guys are not as into it as we are. And I still have that little piece of paper with a few of the players' autographs. Doesn't have Bud Grant's on there though. But uh, that 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 glare is just like, God dang! I just want to get out of here and go back to my uh, to whatever I got to do. But you know, those these may not illustrate anything about Bud Grant, but it's just the, the memories I have with him. But you know, always seeing him there, just you know, all these years and. Boy, the, the time he retired first and, and then gave the reins to Les Steckel and then came back a year later. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then there was a, a – we're probably going on too far on Bud, but, hey, you know, Bud, Bud is Bud. There's one story that I remember Freddie Zamberletti would tell uh, He's since he passed a few years back, a longtime trainer, original trainer, guy that Bud brought in. Uh, and it was like it was in uh, Kent Youngblood's story that uh, of the obit uh, in our paper – uh, but it was uh, somebody was sent to get uh, Bud when he flew in from Canada to to interview or to arrive or whatever uh, in '67, and they said, "Well, I, I don't know what he looks like," and 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 I think maybe the owner or whatever said, um, and I can still hear Freddie telling this story. He goes, he goes, "Don't worry," he goes, "He'll be the only one getting off the plane who looks like he's the town marshal," and that was <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. So yeah, that was Bud, you know, especially back when Bud, you know. 
uh, I only really in person, I only knew Bud when he was kind of uh, older and he was more uh, hunched over. But like you know, back in the day, when you know Bud did look like a like he belonged on a on a horse in uh, in in what in L.A. or in, in Hollywood, you know. So yeah, so yeah, he's the only guy who looks like the town marshal. He he was uh, something else. I think so many Minnesotans just identified with him. You know that it, it you know that stoicism that you know the the whole you know everybody's talked about the no the no heaters or or gloves on the sideline and telling stories about that. It's uh it's it's funny to to hear that. I, you hear I've heard some reports that said Bud was not going to be your best friend, but I think everybody respected him that played for him and had a, a love for him. I mean, what you described in, in talking to those players in your story was there was definitely uh, true affection for this guy that, you know, even though he was your boss and your coach and kind of your taskmaster. Yeah, and he was following on the heels of Norm Van Brocklin. Obviously I don't have any, no knowledge of Norm Van Brocklin other than the stories that had been told to me. This is a guy that one time, uh, Jim Marshall or, or Osborne or someone told me the story. They're on the sidelines and, you know, uh, you know, he, Norm Van Brocklin was a hard drink, heavy drinker. It was uh, yelling and screaming. He came right up from being the MVP of the league to becoming the head coach of an expansion team. So he was a hard ass, uh, <laughs> you know, sidelines. You know, there was one time where he was upset with a call and he, he, he used to always walk around jingling coins in his pockets. And he said that, you know, there's one time he became so mad that his hands were in his pockets and he, he ripped his pockets, getting the coins out and threw them at the referee and threw them at the official because he was so mad. That might, that might drop a, a fine today's game. I think. Yeah. Uh, but then they went from that, you know, and, and Mick Tingleoff was telling stories about how, you know, they, uh, different era, you know, call them girls and he'd call them, you know, you, you just constantly belittle them and demean them. Um, and just the, you know, that form of screaming and yelling and, the meaning and they got bud who you know didn't really scream at him didn't really it, it never and as dave osborne said never embarrassed a player in front of other players right. if he had something to say you know he said it uh so that was a little bit of ahead of his time i think of when it strict obviously tough obviously but not belittling and uh the meeting well, like you've always said on this podcast about how, how uh, teams change coaches they go from one extreme yeah. and then boom, the next, this is the first one for the Minnesota Vikings that, that did that. They went to screaming and yelling to just icy glare, you know, on the, on the yeah. sidelines. You, you, you knew, you knew you, where you sat with, Bud if you messed up, you know, it, I, and, I, and go ahead. I'm sorry. And Bud got Mick. Uh, Mick was the introvert. Uh, Jim Marshall was the extrovert as uh, Bud always explained it to me. And once, uh, you know, because, you know, Bud was young and Bud wasn't much older than some of these guys. And when he came in, it, he, he's, as he told me, one of the reasons that Jim Marshall, in addition to all the things Jim's Jim done, Iron Man and all that stuff. He said, you know, if, you know my, we don't go to four Super Bowls in 11 years, first 11 Super Bowls it, without Jim Marshall and Mick Tinglehoff buying into the program. Because uh, And then Jim was how he would explain it was, you know, when Bud first got there, uh, there were guys like, you know, mocking some of his, you know, drills and stuff, fundamental drills and calling it Mickey Mouse and all this stuff. And mm. Jim said, goes, come on, boys. And, and Jim would, Jim started off by saying, you know, singing the M-I-C-K-E-Y, kind of getting them to come along. And then they followed Jim's lead. They followed Mick's lead. 
uh, and then obviously became, you know, realized what, how, how good Bud was, a good leader, a good uh, coach that they, and then the rest is history. He's without, he said, without those two guys, especially Jim, because Jim was the, you know, these vocal, outspoken, you know, uh, heartbeat of that team. He said, I, I don't become, I don't do what I did without Jim Marshall. Well, now with uh, uh, Sid and 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 Bud Grant gone, it, it falls on you to get Jim Marshall in on <laughs> the Hall of Fame. We got uh, you're our guy, Mark. Come on, man. You know, I, yeah, yeah I, I think there is a place for Jim Marshall in the Hall of Fame. I, I do for yeah. sure. Well, on that note, uh, you know, we say hey, happy trails to the old old trapper, the guy who was out there when he wasn't down the football field. He was tromping around in the in the woods or in a boat fishing or hunting it's uh uh just a guy that that lived life on his own terms and he got to respect it and and certainly people around here did we're sorry to see him go it's inevitable it gets us everybody but uh you know bud thanks for the memories with that we'll uh, take a quick break and we'll come on back here to vikings territory breakdown Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. You know, we had the last segment, we talked about the passing of Bud Grant, which was certainly sad news, but it, it, it continued this week. And one, one pat and not passing, but uh, one departure that might have got a little overshadowed by that news was Adam Thielen, Minnesota's own, Mankato's own. Uh, Adam Thielen has been released. It sounded like the, you know, the Vikings tried to negotiate a new contract with him adam apparently wanted a little more money or he wanted to hang probably hang on to the contract yeah he was about 20 million dollar cap hit but he also wanted a a bigger role than he had last year probably something more to what he used to have and it probably wasn't going to happen but that was that was big news coming into the the weekend that the the vikings and adam thielen could not figure it out and they parted ways yeah, that's a hard one for for me, and I'm sure obviously for Adam. And uh, as I haven't seen it, but apparently his wife is more angry than than all of us put together about right. what happened. Yeah. Uh, um, but with you know his the cap hit that he was going to take with his with his current contract was unworkable. It's twenty million dollars, but I think w- what they were trying to get was something, you know, team friendly, obviously. But you know, just the dead money on his on his on his uh, you know to take. Well, I think it's. 11 or 12, something like that, dead money and not have him as a player is, is hard for me to take. You know, it's, you were hoping that maybe they got it down close to that dead money. So then you have, you're going to take that kind of hit, at least have the player too, you know? Right. And I'm sure that, uh, that Adam and, and, uh, and Caitlin, especially are probably uh, to turn around a day or two later and see that they signed, you know, uh, we'll talk about it, but Marcus Davenport's kind of an underachiever pass rusher. And he's going to get reportedly like one year, thirteen million dollars. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that the the attention needs to to the, you know their attention and getting better has got to focus on the defense. But I'm sure that it's got to be rough to be taken like a. I, I think it's eleven million dollar hit, dead money on Thielen. Really, I didn't uh, realize it that much. And then, uh, and then getting a thirteen million dollar, uh, you know, for does that does that stay money. regardless if he signs with somebody else does do they still take that kind of hit yeah because i think that's that's all and i'm you know probably speaking above my i'm speaking above my uh my abilities when it comes to the cap but uh you know yeah that's that's something that 
Boy, that, uh, you know, that you take it's 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 getting it's getting to spread out bonuses it's getting to all that stuff so that must have been why yeah. that must be why they they tried to, to get something done because they didn't want to take that big well yeah they you know you, you if you're going to take a, a significant dead money hit you i mean you're saving money but yeah you don't have you don't you don't have the player you know so and he's still a guy that i believe that could have there could there's value there right uh, but yeah he's going to go on and you know would not be surprised to see him, you know, the Jets bring him in after they bring in another uh, significantly uh, sort of a high name player. They're, they are uh, uh, reported or rumored to be friends, you know, because they're both golf guys and they've been to a lot of uh, pro-ams together and that uh, Adam Thielen and Aaron Rodgers. And also I was telling this guy, this chiropractor of mine who's a Packer fan this morning. I don't care if he joins up with Adam or Adam and Rogers join up in, in New York, just so it is in Green Bay. That would be difficult. You know, as difficult as it is to have this native Minnesotan gone because he's meant a lot to the state, to the to the team. And you know, it, it's you know his story here is really great. And it's tough to see him leave. It's understandable, but man don't go to the Packers and, and, and catch passes from Aaron Rodgers. Oh my goodness. That would be difficult. Joe, you, you buried the lead. Are, are you the, are you the first Minnesotan to ever Vikings fan to ever trust his spine with a Packer fan? <laughs> you guys, you guys don't talk uh, like Vikings Packers while he's cracking your back. Do you? I, mean, I hope uh, no, we, we, we chat about it before. And he likes to talk about, uh, you know, what's the latest with, you know, and, and he's really, you know, being a Packer that lives in Minnesota, he really knows a lot about the Vikings. I'll give him credit for that. You know, he says, yeah, I get, I, he's asking me all his questions. And I said, yeah, you know a lot about the Vikings. Yeah. He goes, my algorithm just keeps sending me all these different stories. So that's the way it goes when you live in this part of town. Anyway. And, and some of them might actually be, uh, uh, be right. They might Absolutely. be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause he, he was saying some things that uh, I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't know yet. I got to, got to wait and see how that plays out. But one of the things we do know, this is a free agency uh, legal tampering period. What does that mean? That the fact that they can talk to players and do stuff, but they can't announce it until Wednesday when the official league year begins. Is well, it what it means is that this is what they they always did before. They now they just are able to uh, to get three more days of the year where it's holy crap the NFL is doing you know something. So if yeah, you're I mean, this, cheating, is, this is what you just make rules yeah. that, that you're cheating is legal. So wonder- yeah, yeah, because before it was like it was always amazing that you know there's no uh, no tampering is allowed, but at, at eleven or eleven oh one. Uh, everybody was, you know, guys were like, yeah, announcing, you know, you know, like back when the Vikings would you know, make days yeah, one. Get that done in one second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything's happening. Blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, well, now they, you know, they just, they've just pulled the curtain back and said, okay, here's, so what, what probably means is not now the legal, legal tampering begins on the first or on Monday. Well, the illegal tampering probably got kicked back to like last Thursday and we don't know anything about that. So I, uh, I don't know. It's and it also it's what's kind of weird is if, if you read and I, and I believe it, but like uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is rumored to be eventually. You know, there will be something decided with Aaron, yeah. and he will if he ends up in New York. Well, you know, he's probably right now recruiting guys to go to the Jets. Maybe Adam Thielen. Now, how is that? Is that how does that go over? You know, like a, a guy from the Packers, you know, talking to a guy from former Viking about going to the Jets. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just uh, 
it's the NFL. The bottom line, what you know, the illegal tapping period is their their chance to Rick, you know, spin the the hype wheels, uh, keep them going as many days as they can. And I, I think that's uh, you know uh, a, a way to operate. You know, both in the NFL yeah. and maybe politics. You know, if if you're doing something illegal, just change the law so it becomes legal. Hopefully, right. And and, and also, uh, let's it's not, we don't have to go back too far back in our memories to to uh, you know this is a fun time and everything about you know like everybody's going everywhere and uh they're and they'll probably all go where they say they're going to go but anthony barr not too long ago was heading to the jets it was a done deal uh and yeah. all of a sudden you know when it got to the signing time it, anthony barr was back here so yeah it, it can happen they can go back they, they can just can all some of this stuff could fall through Going chronologically, it's not a huge deal, but it is because the Vikings cornerback situation with Cam Dantzler was let go. Uh, you know, he, he had up and down moments here. He, sometimes he'd make a big splash play and then he'd be out of position on another play and and, and screw things up for him. So it, I, I guess I'm a little surprised by it because, you know, with uh, Andrew uh, Booth uh, being injured and Caleb Evans having the concussions – and as we'll find out in a second, Patrick Peterson signed with the Steelers. The uh, cornerback room was pretty gall-darn empty, and and I think it leans it's even more to the fact that the Vikings are going to have to draft one early when it comes to the draft. Yeah, I I, I personally I know, you know if they were playing a game next week, I would be concerned, but uh, I have no problem with this move. I, I actually applaud this move because uh, it tells me that they they are not. Because Cam Dantzler, if you're if you're in a room with Cam Dantzler and you watch him in practice and you go, you know, that's how that's how a, a corner in today's game should look. He's long, he's tall, he's got everything, but he doesn't play that way. And he doesn't. Uh, I don't know. I think the savings are were they three million dollars something I think like that. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, that uh, I applaud that move because I think they can get better. It's time to stop looking at Cam Dantzler. Uh, like uh, paying him or, or or trusting him based on what he looks like instead of what he plays like. He doesn't play well enough, doesn't have the instincts, I don't think, uh, to, to, to warrant going any further with him. I would start fresh with something else. Patrick Peterson, I'll jump ahead a little bit. That just came through that he signed with the Steelers. It sounded like he tried to get it done. He's saying things like he really loved it here. I thought Minnesota was home. They gave him a two-year contract, which at his age is, you know uh, – you know, I wouldn't say a risk because Patrick Peterson played really well last year, and he brings so much to a locker room with his leadership and his his know how to to teach younger guys. But uh, I think that's kind of a big loss for this team, especially with a new defensive coordinator. You'd like someone like Patrick Peterson on the field try to try to help these young guys navigate that new defense. Yeah, it's potentially a big loss, but and the pressure's on now. I mean, you you know um, they couldn't they obviously couldn't come together financially for him. Uh, if it's seven million dollars that they're paying him for this year, uh, that's probably that's too much. That's that Vikings couldn't afford that based on all the things they got to do. Uh, so, but now the pressure's on. You, 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 the booth has to be ready. Uh, Evans has to be ready. Yeah. They probably got to draft a guy in the first round. I mean, the pressure. If they don't, if they don't uh, come behind this, like right now, I don't, I don't fault them for for you know panicking a little bit and overpaying or matching the Steelers or exceeding what the Steelers were giving them. Um, but, you know, you better come back with the right moves and it go for guys that are durable and, and can play. As far as what the Vikings did get in the first day of free agency, they signed uh, tight end 
Josh Oliver was uh, formerly with the Ravens, uh, reported to be the the best blocking or second best blocking tight end last year in the league. Um, only caught 14 passes, but you know they've got T.J. Hawkinson. It 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 kind of signals uh, maybe a couple things that are going to happen here because the Vikings have to dump some salaries. You might not see them bring back uh, 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 Jordan. Not Jordan, CJ Ham, you know, at, at fullback because he he's he's up and is gonna would be a big number. Um, and you know, do they keep let do they let Johnny Munt go or whatever? Be or, you know because they don't. I, I don't know. But what did you think of that acquisition? I know you were kind of lukewarm. And it does It's not the big splash acquisition you love, but you want, but the Vikings don't have a lot of room to operate. So I was surprised they signed anybody. To be perfect, well. It- you know, you know, we're so we're so we're so uh, trained, and I and talking to Kevin Seifert about it. And I think Kevin wrote uh, kind of what I felt. Uh, it was like day one, and and you get a blocking tight end. It's like uh, maybe we're conditioned. We are conditioned to you know day cynics. one. There's there's like no, there's a there's a wave of like free agency, like the first wave. Are you going to get involved? Are you going to pay the the top dollar for the best guard? Are you going to pay the top dollar for the best defensive tackle? Uh, it looks like they, I mean, I don't know what they paid, uh, but to get them on day one tells me that they, you know, probably paid you know, more than you would think for a blocking tight end, given also given their salary constraints. There was significant so me, the bottom though, Mark, that he was, he was one of the more sought for that position. I mean, right. he's not the yeah. starting tight end, but. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's a bad, but I'm just saying day one typically is those big splash moves and, and to get, to get a blocking tight end on a, on that day yeah. one tells me that. Uh, kind of unusual, but uh, when you just look at the player, uh, and regardless of where he was signed or when he was signed, uh, it tells you that you know this was a, this was a team that that struggled to run the ball. It struggled to run the ball in short yardage situations. Uh, so this is a guy that is 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 a is a really good blocker. TJ, he's not going to take anything away from T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, I think the Vikings were uh, probably had the fewest snaps in the league for for obvious reasons with two tight ends on the field. So now, you know, this guy is, is going to help, you know, help him run the ball. And it, it probably won't be Dalvin Cook. It'll probably be someone else, uh, I, I would think. But uh, who knows? I, I don't see Dalvin taking a pay cut. I mean, by the time this comes out, Dalvin, there might be moves. Or by the time yeah. he becomes old, uh, you know, we're going to find out more about Dalvin. But, yeah, the bottom line is that they need to run the ball. It's, it's kind of funny that with, with Mike Zimmer, if Mike, what would happen if Mike Zimmer on day his day one splash move was a blocking tight end because he wants to run the ball more. Uh, oh, it'd be like we, he's the game's passed him by. Let's get rid of this old guy. Yeah, you know, now it's a little more. Heck, we got to run the ball. It's, it's the interesting. Ball. That was that's the first move, and and you're right. It, it, it's remarkable for that fact. You know, it's not exactly what you put for. The next guy they picked up was late last night. They they grabbed a defensive lineman, defensive end, I believe, uh, from the Saints, Marcus Davenport, who uh, is only 26 years old. And that's that's the key, I think, with a lot of what's going on here, as far as you know, the Vikings are trying to get younger, both on defense and everywhere everywhere else. Uh, he, he was a first round draft pick and had nine sacks two years ago, but I think he had some injury issues and only had a half a sack last year, uh, coming against, uh, Kirk Cousins over in, uh, London, as a matter of fact, was his only sack last year. So, uh, this is not, this is 
kind of a flyer, isn't it, Mark? Because he, you know, I mean, this guy has potential, showed some, has been injured, and maybe this is a reclamation thing for him. One year, $13 million, I believe. Right. And this tells me that, you know, uh, I would imagine that, uh, that Flores, Brian Flores, hand, hand, fingerprints are on this move. Mm. This is a guy that he, that he, he probably pounded the table for. Um, this tells me that, as we all kind of know, uh, including Zadarius's realtor who you know, gotten rid of his house and said goodbye and everything. Um, but they haven't, you know, they have not, it's coming, I think, but they have not, uh, parted ways with Zadarius yet, but at his cap number, you know, this to me tells they me don't have any know. leverage anymore, do they? With him, I mean, they're, 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 are they just going to have to cut Zedarius now because everybody knows they're going to? No one wants to trade for him. You know? Well, yeah, and nobody's going to take him at, at whatever his his financials are. His financials are too high. Yeah. You know, he, granted, he did come back from injury and played last year, but then he he, he only played half the year, and then the last half of the year he was he was an old, you know, broken down or injured type of player, and. To me, you don't go forward with someone like that when he's now in his 30s. You do. I don't. I. This is an under the guy that they got. Davenport's an underachiever. He's a guy that they that the Saints gave up two. I uh, got uh, gave up two first round draft picks for. I believe to move up in the first round and get him in the top 15. No kidding. And and clearly he's not. Yeah, they gave a whatever they you know wherever they were in 2018. They traded up, gave huh. gave that team their first round and another first round. So, you know, and he's at the, they, he made it for, uh, they gave, put, exercise his fifth year option. He played through that and he has a half a sack. So they gave up on him. I mean, they gave up on a guy that they, they spent a lot of capital on. And as you see around the league, you know, there's always another team that's going to be like, Hey, you know, we can, uh, you know, we, we can change him. We can make him something he wasn't. Uh, and that that's what the Vikings believe. And it's a one year, this is kind of high for a prove it type. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a lot of money, but uh, you know, the NFL, the, the positions, you know, especially a receiver, but uh, you see of the more and more of the average and the price is going up, but this is a one-year deal for that. The Vikings believe that they can get something out of him. And right now it's just, you know, I don't, you know, typically you are what you are by year five. So year six, I, I'll believe it when I see it, but uh if he becomes a, a tremendous pass rusher in Flores system, then uh, it's a good move. Otherwise it's not, it's, it's, it's a risk. Uh, but you know, the, the, the upside, the potential to have, to make a home run. I mean, the, you know, former draft choice uh, of that caliber, uh, if it happens, it's great, but you know, it, it's gotta happen. And, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. Real quickly, a couple other things the Vikings did, they reached, they restructured, they're calling it, or at least his agent is, Jordan Hicks' contract might have just been a pay cut to keep him, and they re-signed Nick Mullins. Um, uh, good, bad, or indifferent on those two, Mark? Well, I, I mean, for Mullins, I, I think I, I give him credit last year whenever they got to the end of the summer and they, they said, you know, you know what? We don't have a – we don't, not only do we not have a – backup quarterback we don't have a third string quarterback so they got rid of everybody yeah. except for cousins and they went out and they handpicked mullins uh in terms of backup quarterbacks i you know a mullins i mean the 49ers probably would have been thrilled to have nick mullins at the end of that playoff game last year so you know in that regard hey you got a guy who knows the system uh, anytime you lose your starting quarterback it's not going to be pretty but 
he helps it be a little less ugly. So that one, yeah, that makes I'm not what sure what for. But Hicks, yeah, Hicks is obviously the big one in the, among those two. But uh, it's just a matter of they could get him cheaper than Kendricks if you if you looked at it and said, hey, give me one or the other. I, I would take Kendricks, but give me one or the other, and one's making. I don't know what Kendricks got from the Chargers. I think set over seven million a year. Really? Uh, so man, and Hicks probably comes in with a cap number well under five now. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, Hicks, Hicks did have some. Hicks did have some moments last year where he said, "Hey, you know, he looked a little more comfortable in that type of defense." Uh, than, than I heard. Kendrick's I heard a stat just before I came. We came here today that he was his his pressures percentage was slightly higher than Zaria Smith and slightly lower than, than Daniil Hunter. So he's kind of right in there on pressure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see that, but you know, the number of times that he presses is all as I would imagine. Yeah, the, the, that's probably. the, uh, the, the uh, sample size is smaller. I would imagine. Maybe, maybe I'm sorry. Maybe that was Davenport I was talking about. And I, I may be wrong there, but uh, I didn't. I don't know. Anyway, we're, we're from the we're from the era we still use our eyeballs to like to look at players. And it's, yeah, we we have thoughts before a pro football focus tells us what to think. Yes, well, well, uh, Kendricks is going back home to use uh, to to Los Angeles, so he's going to sign with the Chargers. The Vikings also lost. Uh, we mentioned Patrick Peterson, but they also lost Delvin Tomlinson uh, to. The Cleveland Browns, your team, and that that's that's a that's a tough loss. He had a pretty decent year last year, um, but he I, he was just too rich for uh, the salary cap's blood. They they couldn't afford him. I think he got a four or five year contract for fifty seven million or something like that. Yeah, I mean that he's not worth that. Uh, you know the AFC and the old Cleveland in me and AFC uh, North Central. Uh, my experience from. Uh, Patrick Peterson will become an all pro and win a Super Bowl probably with the Steelers. Dalvin Tomlinson probably won't do anything because he's going to Cleveland. So, and, you know, I, I, when I always tease about that, sometimes people like Browns fans who don't know my history, like, oh, you're just beating up on the Browns. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I just know the Browns. Uh, but, you know, so it's, it's a, we share our misery here on this podcast with the yes, Vikings and the Browns. We got uh, but, yeah, to name the podcast, Mark. Yeah, territory podcast. Years ago in Cleveland, there was a radio show too. Two you know, grumpy old guys. It, it was called Gloom and Gloom and Doom, and it was a Gloom and Doom hour. So we could do that. <laughs> uh, but no, as far as like Tomlinson, he's again, he's a guy that you know until you replace him, you, you kind of want to have him. But if it costs that much to keep him, I, I, per, you know, people will say, yeah, he did this, he did that. I just didn't see an impact player at, mm -hmm. uh, to the point where they needed an impact player. I, I didn't see it from him. I didn't see, I, and I had high, high hopes for Harrison Phillips. I thought he would be more of an impact player. I just didn't see it. I saw too many times where, you know, it got Donatelle fired, but if Donatelle said, we're going to rush forward, you know, whether it cost me my job or not. And it cost him his job because the four couldn't get there. And I yeah. just didn't see, I just saw a lot too many times where it's a big guy leaning on another big guy and the quarterback's just looking around the field. So, um, not that he was a bad player, but I would not over. I wouldn't. I wouldn't overpay for him. I and I, you know, the but the pressure's on the Vikings now. They got to, you know, they they've got to get, you know, that situation as well as a lot of on defense. They got to get it right. Jeez, pressure's on, gloom and doom, uh, shared misery. This this uh, this podcast 
emotionally is not getting any better. We better take a break. Let's go back to Bud. Yeah. Talk about Bud. No kidding. Uh, come on back to the Vikings territory. Shared misery breakdown. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Vikings territory breakdown. We're, we're kind of breaking down the Vikings uh, free agency tampering, illegal tampering period moves. And, you know, the Vikings have a lot to do yet. There's there's plenty of rumors out there of what they could or would be doing. But one of the biggest things was, you know, they, they've got to get their cap number down before, I think, Wednesday at 11 or something or so, maybe 3 o'clock or whenever it is. So they got a lot to do. And, and just as we were taking a break, our producer, uh, Mike Woldham, said no, – that let us know that Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Vikings are doing, well, I'll just read his text here. The Vikings are doing a cap conversion on quarterback Kirk Cousins contract, creating additional salary cap room. A source said that is something that is so needed. Uh, I don't know what it means. Mark and I, we don't, you know, that's as much information as there is right now. I'm sure by the time you guys are seeing this, it'll already be out there, but, uh, uh, you know, that, that's a big deal. I, Kirk Cousins takes up so much of the cap room. He's got like 35 million. There was rumors early on coming in this week that the Vikings were uh, satisfied to let him play out this final year and let him go to free agency. And I thought to myself, I don't think they're going to do that without another quarterback plan in, in place. And, you know, they don't have the draft capital to move up and trade for, for one of those young new quarterbacks at the top of the draft. So, uh, Mark, a couple things here. A, what do you think of the news? B, uh, what do you think they'll do with Kirk, Con Kirk Cousins' contract and such? Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because it's, because you know Kirk is a big big contributor to where they are in the cap. He's a big contributor to a, a, a regime getting fired uh, because he you know how much he, he spent against the cap. The dangers, obviously, is is uh, you know. It's good news now if they get their cap down, but then how long do they how long do they do they tie themselves to him? And then it just becomes this like you know eventually Kirk's gonna you know they're either gonna have to find someone else or or or, or whatever. I mean I, I it, the the best would have been like this year if they'd have won the Super Bowl and then you just throw all the all the money you got at Kirk and that would have been the best. Then ex yeah and then extend him forever and say who gives a crap you right. know like do you think do you, do you think that the, the, the Rams right now are worrying about what they did to, to win last year's Super Bowl? Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. We got, hey, look at this trophy. It's, it's pretty nice, huh? And uh, in well, Minnesota, they, it would be even a bigger deal because yeah. we, that, so, you, you can ride that trophy for, for another decade. You know? So barring that happening, it's it becomes, you know, what about next year? What about the year after? Uh, you know, whenever you do this, you know, the players – the player gets more money and it gets kicked down the road. And um, I, I have a feeling the Vikings are, well, I, I, so I guess I would, I got to see that would have to see the numbers obviously, yeah. but you know, they'll bring the cap number down enough to where suddenly, you know, then they can, you know, the, instead of Dalvin cook just being you know released or maybe Zadarius being released, they can fit those guys. I, I well, you made a good I don't know. earlier, Mark. With I mean, that's kind of the problem with with uh, what's his name, Adam Thielen's contract. He's got eleven million of a dead cap money that they're eating now because he renegotiated a couple times earlier in his career here to and kick stuff down the road. I mean, you know how 
and that's what you're you're talking about here with cousins that you know how much can they kick down the road how much further do you keep kicking kicking stuff down the road right and, and you know if it's if it's fantasy football and you're not dealing with personalities you're not dealing with the leader of your team uh you could you can say well he's just going to play out this year and if he does well we'll renegotiate and we'll all live happily right. ever after uh you know but Kirk's side is saying no you know no <laughs> it's not going to work that way we want something and you guys you guys want something we want something Kirk's been it. Kirk is, is, you know, they're gonna if, if Kirk goes in the Hall of Fame, it's because of the pen that he's used to, to to make as much money as he has made, based on the fact that you know one thing you can count on is Kirk Cousins is going to be there every week. I uh, can't Kirk wait till you go before the Hall of Fame committee and start trying to yeah, talk about Kirk's uh, pen. To, to put his to to put his pen and his contracts in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, you know, Kirk is a really good quarterback. I mean, we've all know what Kirk is. Uh, how many comebacks? Eight comebacks last year. Yeah. So uh, it's not wasted money, but at some point, there's got to be, you know, like the, the Packers, obviously, I mean, Jordan Love is a first-round draft pick who's been sitting in the in the wings for, for five years now, four yeah. years, what, yeah. whatever four, it is. I think. I think you know, uh, so at some point, the Vikings have got to, like, have a, a – what's the next step? And, and – uh, you just hope that if, if they if they re, when they if they get the con, if they get the salary cap number down low this year, we're all like, yeah, this is great. That that doesn't hinder, you know, like being able to to do it, uh, to have an exit strategy for the guy after Kirk Cousins. Now, like the Packers, you know, their exit strategy, you know, they, yeah, they got the guy to replace him, but it's going to be ugly for them financially because they're going to take a huge dead yeah. cap hit, uh, dead money hit on him. Uh, but yeah, you just okay. This is good. You know, you got a quarterback who you can win with. Uh, but you know, start putting something together where you're. You've got to, yeah. You're exactly right. You've got to. You got to start getting a plan in behind him. And you know, I'm thinking about this. You know, coming in and we're putting this together. What What are they going to do with Kirk? You look at what's happening. The carousel that's happening around the league. Uh, Sam Darnold is now in San Francisco. Uh, Taylor Heineke is in Atlanta, I think. Uh, um, uh, Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo is with the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr is now with the Saints. Those are four starting quarterbacks uh, that are that all change teams right now. I'm thinking, well, we don't want to. The Vikings don't want to dive in on that. You know, you know, kick Kirk down the road and 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 see if you can find somebody in free agency no you got to have a plan in place behind him and they don't have the draft capital to do that right now unless maybe they do trade someone like dalvin cook or they you know and get a nice draft choice uh for him to give you capital to make another deal to get up earlier i i i well yeah i I think what you know what what works certainly what i think works in kirk's favor is the fact you know that you know what Derek Carr. You know the Saints looking at Derek Carr and making him their quarterback. The you know the Raiders making Garoppolo you know their guy and, and paying him well. You know I between those three, I, I would take Kirk. Yes, uh, totally agree. I would take so it's like popular. I mean, I'm I'm sort of down the middle of Kirk. Uh, you know I praise him when he's playing well, and then whenever he has those Kirk moments, it's like hey, you know that's. That's Kirk. Uh, but I will say that there's a lot of guys that, that get a lot of attention and get a lot of money 
and uh, and and those are guys that like like the Derek Cars and the uh, Garoppolo, um, Heineke, you know, so, stuff like that. Where you know you put them, Dak Prescott is another guy. You, you put Dak and Kirk next to each other. I personally am taking Kirk. So, and yeah. Dak's a guy who makes a lot of money and and uh, and is thought really highly of. But so Kirk's not this. He's not this terrible quarterback who's getting paid a lot. He's kind of become the, a good quarterback who's kind of getting paid like a lot of other good quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I like that. Kirk has Kirk moments. We're gonna ha- we're gonna from going forward we're gonna call them Kirk moments. What you're talking about versus Kirk O moments or Kirk O'Chain's moments when he's leading them back to a comeback. So that, that that'll be our shorthand for the future. And, and a Kirk and I, or a Kirk O moment. And I, I don't profess to be inside Kirk's brain, uh, but I, I think it, a lot of it comes from the process, it, just being around him enough. It's like it's the, it's the, the brain processing, processing, constantly processing, and not, and a lot of times not trusting himself. Certainly didn't trust himself uh, a lot whenever he was with Zimmer. I think he maybe trusted himself a little more, or trusted the process and the team a little more this past year because uh, he threw well, more interceptions. Right. But he was a threw more interceptions, but I think he was a better quarterback. Paralysis by overanalysis. Is that what you're talking about? That, that, yeah, that would, that would be my, uh, if I would put Kirk on a, on a, I was analyzing him and he was, uh, you know, you know, that was, you know, Kirk, what, if you're a tree, what kind of tree, if I was going through that type of, you know, like Barbara Walters moment with Kirk, yeah. I, that would be my, uh, that would be my uh, idea. Well, the bottom line, if Ian Rappaport's news is true and they are doing something, they have to because, you know, they've got to get the cap number down here in the next day and they still got a long ways to go. Um, there have been rumors out there that they're they're trying, they're talking, listening to trades for Dalvin Cook, who's also got a pretty decent cap number and then attempting to re-sign Alexander Madison. The Vikings have to make some moves. This would probably be one of them. You, th- you were saying if they can get uh, Kirk's number down to help the cap, maybe they can slide something like that in there. What What do you think? You know, you don't know. You're not Quasi uh, or KOC, but w- what do you think they do there? Is this Kirk move to design to to actually keep some like I mean, because I I would you know. Would they would they actually keep Zadarius Smith if there was enough room? Or you know now that they've got uh, uh, Davenport, I, I I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts there? Can we just open? Your I don't. I, I think I think anything's possible if, if they if the number gets down low enough. Um, you know, to me, it becomes when you're talking, especially in the offseason, you're talking just financials. You're talking, well, what's a guy worth? What's this? Like you know, to me, Dalvin. If you had to Dalvin, cutting Dalvin Cook and having those young guys behind him is not a overly painful uh, move, in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, because of, what, you know, just how we look around the league and you see what, what running backs can do, what, younger, cheaper. Uh, but in saying that, if you can keep Dalvin Cook, it's certainly it, – your team's better, you know. So right. uh, if you can do that uh, – Especially if you get a team, tight end to block for him. Right. So things like that. I mean, let's not – forget what Dalvin, some of the big plays Dalvin's capable of. Uh, and, and I would think that, you know, a self analysis of what their season last year would be like, Hey, Dalvin didn't get the ball in those screens enough. And you know, now if you got the world's best blocking tight end who signed on day one, <laughs> let's let's do some more screens. Uh, and Zadarius Smith is like, again, is a guy that's an easy cut because I feel like he's, 
you know, I don't, I don't trust his durability now. I don't trust his age, but whenever Desarius is on, you know, it's, it's the, that first half of last year was like, wow, there were a lot of head, a lot of head turning games yeah. uh, in, in that first half of last year. So I, I have a hard time believing they're going to pay him what, what, what they owe him, but you know, he, he, he would make your team better if, if you can work the financials or in somewhere else, you know, uh, I saw saw this earlier that the Vikings are heading towards. I mean, you know, certainly with the Allen or Adam Thielen uh, dead cap hit, and potentially with there's got to be some with Zedarius Smith if they have to cut him, um, or which is probably why they're trying to trade Dravel Cook. But they said they it was looking there they're heading towards a thirty million dollar dead cap hit which would be the biggest hit to their salary cap this coming se- almost this season, except for, for maybe Kirk. Uh, so, you know, maybe this opens up room for you can keep, you know, like you said, you, you wouldn't, if you, you keep, uh, if, if you were just to cut Dalvin Cook, you got to suffer his dead cap hit, you know, and you don't have the player. So, uh, you know, may, maybe this is a way to keep him around. And then you let Madison go and you've got two other decent running backs on rookie contracts coming up behind Cook. I don't know, but that's that's it. That's there's some big decisions, and they have to come real soon in the next day. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think something you know, if Madison, if they if they do keep Dalvin, they obviously don't keep Madison. Uh, I saw you know, Pro Football Focus something projected his salary at only like a like a two. Uh, Three million a year or something like something pretty low, I thought. From Madison, uh, wow. yeah. So um, <clears throat> someone's probably going to be getting a good, uh, a good, uh, a good deal for Madison. Maybe maybe Madison's one of those guys that goes uh, for running back. You're trying to get as much guarantee as you can, but even a one year prove it deal. And but then again, the one year prove it deals don't really work for the running backs because if they have a great year, it's like, well, he's a running back. You know, that just yeah. needs more wear and tear on the tires. So yeah, it's a running backs is just a totally different animal when it comes. That's like when guys like uh, Dalvin and McCaffrey they, they get the, the money. You know that the, the day is coming whenever it's gonna be too much to handle. Now the 49ers got a great deal by trading for McCaffrey and got him at his best. So. Yeah, do you do you think that uh, Madison has ever put together one of the uh, enough of a uh, a resume as a starter when Dalvin was out injured one of those times that he would be good to invest in because when he comes in and, and flashes for him and and run you know this season he looked at times better than running straight downhill and ahead uh better than dalvin get dalvin got caught behind the line a, a number of times where Maz would come in and just kind of blast through a different style of running back do you, but does he have the wherewithal to to be a, a starter that or or is is that going to wear him down and and he doesn't have enough flash and dance and scoot to break the big ones like Dalvin did several times this past season. Well, he's, he's not Dalvin, but he reminds me of Chester Taylor, like in 2006. <clears throat> Chester Taylor was a guy who was, you know, toiling behind uh, uh, Jamal. Uh, oh, gosh. In the Ravens, Jamal. Uh, Lewis, Jamal Lewis. Yeah. So, you know, and, and so Chester was a guy who in, in limited opportunities – you know, showed a lot in, in, the, in the running backs world. It's kind of better to be a guy who's uh, younger and shows 
uh, flashes, but doesn't get overworked, you know? So then you look at, Oh, here's the potential. And then of course, Chester comes here and has a great year in 06 and 07. And then uh, they draft Adrian and the two of them were together, I believe the one year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he sort of reminds me of that type of player where you're like, you, you, you want your the running back. You don't want him to be like too proven or too like too many miles on, on the, on the tank. So yeah, I, I can see him going on and, you know, he's a good player. He's going to be going to, someone's going to get a good player. I got one more for you, Mark. What, what do you think about Harry, the Hitman? A lot of rumors swirling around him and whether he stays or goes, you know, definitely a big, big cap hit with his salary. Do you think they're trying to renegotiate and keep him? We haven't heard Heidner here on that uh, thus far, what's going on with him, but it's got to be coming. Doesn't something's got to be happening. Well, yeah, I think, I think they, I think he stays. I think he does a, um, you know, Harrison's uh, the personality, I believe can, you know, Harrison, I don't feel like needs to be the highest paid safety. He, he was at one point. Uh, I think Harrison, I think Harrison enjoyed last year uh, from a winning standpoint. I don't think he enjoyed it from a, uh, their defensive, like their soft defensive uh, standpoint, how they played. So now you've got a more aggressive guy in there that's, I think can use Harrison better than certainly better than Donatell did. Um, so I, I think he, he stays, he, he, he renegotiates and sort of like a uh, Greenway and Brian Robeson and some of these older guys, other guys that got big deals, uh, you know, sort of had to kind of give back at the end. I don't know that at this stage of his career that he want, would want to go somewhere else. But, yeah. Uh, you know, they gotta be, they gotta be uh, gentle in how they, work with guys like him because you, know, you don't, you don't want to insult him. I think Thielen, they, they, they clearly, they must've felt insulted by that, that negotiation. Um, but like with Harrison, I think that, that, that would be a good guy. Uh, I, I don't know that he had the best year last year. Um, certainly not by his standard, but you know, it's, it's a guy that, that makes you better if you bring him back. You know, I, I agree with you. And especially with the losses of Kendricks and Peterson, I'd really like Harrison back to to be that leader on the field. That is some connection to the way things have been here in Minnesota to going forward and, and bringing these young guys. And I think you still need that, that veteran uh, leadership role on field. And, you know, we lost that in, in Kendricks and Peterson. So I'd, I'd really hope that they see that value and they, they find a way to make it work for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that – and then, you know, there's no – the scene needs to play. The scene needs to yep. start. Yep. So, you know, that, that if that's, uh, and they got Bynum, you know, Bynum, Metellus, I mean, uh, they I got know. guys that can play there, but, um, you know, whatever happens, however it shakes out, scene better be starting on day one, or that's just another like, yeah, flag of like, wow, you know, that this first this isn't, yeah. going the, this isn't going the right way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that other net, um, uplifting note from our, our esteemed colleague, Mark Craig, we're, we're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for ch- checking in and tu- or, uh, tuning in and checking it out. There's so much happening. It's going to continue to happen. Hopefully, this, this show is not uh, obsolete as soon as you click play. But, uh, you know, we're going to be back next week with – more because more is going to be happening as the new league year begins. So come on back in and tune that out. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mike Wollen behind the scenes. And as always, thanks to Joe Johnson. Hey, why don't you say hey to Bud for us up there? And until next time, thanks and skull. Skull.